So we are now officially live, Miss Shaw. Yay. Okay, Sarah, so you told me at some point that you've been to London, right? Yes, I have. I live there. Oh, for how long? Like a two and a half years. Okay, yeah. the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I found something out very just, just I think about five to like 10 to 15 minutes ago that actually has me pretty excited. It seems, it seems like people don't like to smile at each other in public places. Is that right? That is absolutely right. Yes, you will be considered to be a weirdo if you smile at people. Oh God, that's wonderful because I always have, I, I always have like a sour face on all the time. Oh, so perfect. being at a place where I'm not expected to be like smiling and hi, hello, I think sounds pretty good but why why is that i'm i've I, i'm confused about that a little bit yeah i don't know i don't know maybe the english just think they're too good for everyone including wow. other english people i don't know i don't know i don't know wow <laughs> is is that is that the impression you got when you were over there sarah uh, maybe from some <laughs> so i want you to know that we did have a guest a few weeks back uh, that is British, and so when oh. they listen to this podcast, I'm going to give them I'm going to give them their your information so they can talk to you directly and give you some okay. thoughts on what you just yes. said. Yeah. yeah, put them in touch with me. That would be perfectly fine. You're standing. You're standing behind this. Then. Oh God, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, can I take it back? I'll take it back. I take it back. Well, unfortunately, this is kind of recorded anymore. So. Oh, dun, no, I take it. Okay, you know what? Dun. Welcome to Played It Once, a podcast about games we've only played once. The reality is that most board games only make it to the table one time, and first impressions matter, so we made a podcast about ours. I am your host, Sarah Shaw from Board Games in a Minute, and with me is the best goose on the planet, Jan Bigas. <laughs> Whoa, Sarah, that was really good. Oh, oh my it? god. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. you. I w- I first of all, I didn't <laughs> expect that you would actually take the the intro. Wow, that's good job. Oh, thank you. And so for those of you that are tuning in for the very first time, welcome. In Played It Once, we touch on three fundamental topics. An introduction to the featured game, the context in which we played, and our overall opinions of the experience. This week's featured game is going to be Dreamscape by Silex Games. And wow, okay, so, so honestly, I'm still kind of yes. in shock that you did. Oh, really? Like, <laughs> that you did, that you did. That, it was amazing. I was afraid, well, I was afraid you were going to get it, so I really had to swoop in. <laughs> yeah. I, I Apparently, I'm not good in my own game. I gotta get better at that. <laughs> so, Sarah, can you give me an idea of what exactly Dreamscape is? Yes, it's a game in which you are trying to basically collect discs. So you're moving from one location to another on this board and trying to collect discs so that you can place them into your own board and construct dreams like dreamscapes. So you have cards and you're trying to match the patterns on those cards to get the points by getting the discs that you need. But you can also take special actions in the various locations in this dream world that you're in, that you're moving from one point to another in. Like overall, I would say that most of the elements within the game, like this would fall into set collection, point-to-point movement, um, maybe a little bit of action selection as well. Like there's mm-hmm. almost like a, not really a rondelle, but it kind of feels like you're trying to go to different areas uh, to try and claim the best thing that you can in order to solve your puzzle. And actually, I think I would say that this is mainly a puzzle game, right? Like the goal, the entire yeah. goal is that you're trying to kind of decide on what challenges you want to tackle 
and then analyze your board to kind of see how you can push forward. And speaking of, the objective of the game is to kind of build out those dreamscapes, those patterns on your board um, before the end of the game, which I think is around four, five rounds. Is that right? I think it was five or six. I can't remember now. It is a very short game, surprisingly uh, so, yeah. for h- how many things you're supposed to be doing as you play. Um, and to give you a little bit of an idea of how a turn usually goes, it's it's pretty, pretty straightforward. So the board is divided into these six circles. And in, inside of each circle, you're going to have two things. A circle is going to have a special power, and it's also going to have a reservoir of different discs that you can that you can take. However, on your turn, you have action points that you must spend in order to do certain things. And I believe it was around, what, five, five to four action points? I think it's four action points. And so what you do is that any, any, any action, obviously, that you take on this board will consume one of those action points. So taking a disc is an action point. Moving from one circle to another circle is an action point. But some of the movements are free, so don't forget that. That is true. So after that phase and all players go and spend their action points, you move into that dreamscape building phase, which is actually one of the funnest and more cerebral aspects of this game, where you'll take those little discs and you'll start arranging them on... It's not really a hexagonal grid, but you'll start placing them on a, on a grid with a lot of circles inside. And the idea is that you're placing a circle or any of those discs that you collected. And then from that point onwards, you have to put them adjacent to those circles. Again, trying to match the pattern that you were dealt in that hand of cards or those objective cards that you're drafting throughout the game. And you'll continue doing this for those five rounds. And whoever has completed the most cards with the highest point value wins the game. Now... Another really important part of this conversation, Sarah, is how we were introduced to this game. Like, what is the context in which we played Dreamscape? I've yeah. I've currently played Dreamscape, I believe, two times thus far. Okay. Okay, same. Likewise. The first time I've in both of those times, I think I've only played two players as well. Um, I played both times. I played those two times. The first time I learned the rules myself, and I think I played it with a friend. Um, I think we got the game fairly quickly. The rules themselves are not that complex, especially after you start understanding how each of the colors start creating effects on the board. There's references on player boards and things like that that help a lot with that first play. Um, and then on our on, on my second play... Uh, which you might have something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was virtual, so that was really interesting, right? We we kind of set yes. up the board um, in front, like in front of us, in a, in a webcam, and we tried to play this game, and it actually wasn't that tough to do. No, it wasn't that hard. I mean, as long as you uh, tell the other person which cards have been flipped up, or you know which pieces are in the various areas on the board then that person replicates it in front of them so you know you just have to actively announce things as you're doing them and you can play over a zoom you know over zoom very easily and and an- another thing that's really important about this particular game um for a lot of people that you know went into dreamscape they probably got a lot of expansions or modules that you can add into this game like you can make this game uh, like as messy as you want or as or as clean as you want it just depends on what you're looking for Right. The first time I played it, I didn't play with Mr. Nightmare or any expansions. And then when you and I played it, we played it with the creatures in Willow the Wisp and Mr. Nightmare. 
Yeah, Willow with the Wisp. Mm. And so when you when you played that first time, did you learn it by yourself? Did somebody teach you the game? How was that? No, so I was playing with two other people. So it was a three player game and we learned the rules together. Um, and yeah, it was a good experience. Interestingly enough, so when I played with two other people, I ended up having the high score of 39. And when I played with you, I got the same exact score in the end, but I lost. <laughs> so I had 39 with you, but this time it was a losing score and you were way ahead of me. Assuming. Um, we played correctly or that I yes, played correctly is, because it, yeah. like one of the one of the issues with with Zoom is that you don't get to see what everybody else is doing all the time, right? That's true. So, so that it, is it, true. it involves yeah. a lot of trust in others. And, and if there's one thing that you should learn about me is that you shouldn't trust me. But either way. Okay. So Jan <laughs> totally cheated and that's why he won. I think we know that now. <laughs> so either way, kind of folding into that, into uh, our main conversation, I had a question in regards to those modules. So mm-hmm. for you, how do you feel that the expansions of the modules change the game? Is it something like completely transformative? If it's, oh, is it gosh. still pretty much that core experience? Or did you feel that those modules added something that, you know, maybe it was missing or just made it that much better? So I think Mr. Nightmare definitely makes it more difficult. It makes it more difficult for you to get the discs that you need because you have to watch out for these red discs because between each um, world in this dream world that you move through, there's going to be a red disc. And if you hop over one, you have to pick it up. And that's going to be negative points for you. So Mr. Nightmare makes it very difficult with those negative points. And in order to get rid of those negative points, you have to collect three red discs to get rid of them. So I became a bit more focused on getting the red discs rather than the colored ones I needed to complete my patterns on my board. So I would say Mr. Nightmare definitely makes it more difficult. Um, And then the other two expansions, because, you know, I was so focused on other things, I didn't even really use the other expansions. I can't even remember. I don't even think I used one of them, right? I think I got one of the Will-O-Wisp things and I didn't even employ its power, I think. So yeah, it's, it's really, it's this game in particular, um, and, and, you know, we can, as we, as we talk through these things, we'll start going into our actual impressions of the game and our thoughts and all that type of stuff. But this game is really fascinating in how short it can be. Cause I tend yeah. to play, when I play a lot of games, especially puzzle games, they tend to outstay their welcome sometimes, you know, they're like, they, maybe they give you too much time to do something or, or some things can be streamlined, just be that much quicker. But with dreamscape, I get the complete opposite effect where it's like, Oh no, I didn't have enough time to get everything I wanted done. And no, I feel complete incomplete. My dream is incomplete, but it's interesting because you do, you do a lot in the game and it's all about optimization, um, in, in some ways. So how did it play for you, Sarah? Like, like I, I would love to get a little bit of context between your first experience with the game and then how it changed or how it was when we added Mr. Nightmare and all those types of things. Yeah, so just as I said before, Mr. Nightmare definitely made it more difficult because I became so focused on trying to get three red discs rather than one and lose points. And so I think that detracted, you know, distracted me from the main objective of trying to complete these dreamscapes on my own board and get points that way. So maybe if I had been more focused on getting the discs I needed and not worried about the negative points, maybe I would have had a high enough number of points that those minus points wouldn't have mattered in the end. But I was just so focused on getting three red discs to do away with the red discs so that I wouldn't have negative points that I focused less on my own dreamscape. So that I think was my downfall when I played against you. <laughs> yeah. And, and what did you think? 
of Dreamscape overall? Like, how did it play for you? How was your experience with the game? Oh, gosh, I, I love it. I think it's challenging. I think in terms of pattern building games, it's one of the more challenging ones you can find because you don't know what color discs are going to appear in the big circles and whether you can get them or not. Um and then putting them into your own board is also challenging because you have to follow certain rules as you're doing that. So I, I really like this game and I love the artwork and the theme of the game, I think, fits the mechanics well as, you know, as well. So I really like it. It's it's one of these games because when we talk about puzzle games, usually in our hobby, it's either like a polyomino game or maybe something closer to Santorini, right? Where it's like an yeah. abstract and, and a puzzle game. I feel that Dreamscape is like mainly a puzzle game and what yes. and, and it's an interactive co- like not cooperative but it's an interactive puzzle game where you're all kind of strive like fighting for the same resources and depending on who goes first and how they go first and all these types of things it creates a lot of tension in the way that the rounds play out yeah and your cards are visible to everyone so people can see which you know, dreamscapes you're working towards. And if they want to screw you over by taking the discs that you need, they can do that. Exactly. But because the economy of action points is so, so small, you trying to take something from somebody else that you cannot employ or use immediately for yourself can be completely detrimental to your game. So it's not a take that game by any means or any stretch of the imagination. It's all about strategy in a lot of ways. And, And in dreamscape in particular, I feel has a lot of really interesting strategies and decision points that you can make. I agree. So is there something in particular, Sarah, that stood out to you in Dreamscape? It's a tough question. I think the game itself just stands out to me as a whole. Um, you want to try and look at your pattern and try and pick cards that will somewhat match the pattern you already have so that you can build upon that. Otherwise, uh, yeah, it becomes very, very difficult. It becomes increasingly challenging as you are you know, getting further along into the game. Um, hmm. And so I actually still haven't talked about my, like my own personal opinion on the game, right? Like I've, I've talked about the experience a little bit. I've talked about like some of the elements and, and how kind of building upon what you built previously and all that, how that kind of works together. Um, I honestly really, really love this game. Like I've, I've been a huge fan since the first time I saw it. Because I, I wasn't part of the Kickstarter. I kind of jumped, I jumped onto the whole project. Um, oh, wow. It was, I think it was when it was first kind of delivering to everybody. That's when I saw it for the first time. I was like, oh man, I got to get it. And all my expectations were actually met really well. And I think they were exceeded a little bit, which almost never happens. We actually had a, a the last week's show, Alex was complaining that I set my expectations too high and no game is ever good enough for it. Dreamscape did. And and the reason, at least, like, what something that stood out to me about Dreamscape is the focus on puzzle solving versus anything else. Like, the mechanics in the game are just there to help you better complete the puzzles and create the type of challenge that you want to get out of it. And I really like that. And another thing that, like, stood out to me a lot, which I alluded to before, is the, like, these little discs... They're discs. There's, it's super basic, right? But when you look at it at the board and you compare it to the cards, you can see exactly what the card is saying. Like if it's if it's like the the true tree, the true tree willow willow river or something like that. You like the 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 animations or the the caricatures that are in each of the cards do such a great job at illustrating exactly what those little discs are representing. 
And it just, it helps give me a lot of connection with what's going on. Um, you are navigating through these areas too. You're walking through them, kind of like discovering the, the discovering this world that you're building slowly and surely. And I don't know, like that sense of discovery in this game that again, it's super, super abstract, but it just feels so pleasant. And I think overall, I would say that this game, although very in your head, or it can be in your head, is also very pleasant and relaxing in a lot of ways. Um, and I just thought that was so, so wonderful. Oh, I absolutely agree. I love how pleasant it is and how much the theme matches with, you know, the mechanics. Like for a puzzle game to have the theme really come out like that, it is pretty unique, I think. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I just, I feel that the combination of puzzle, abstract, and also set collection in this is just strikingly strikingly charming and innovative yes um it is a really really solid title for those of you that are looking for a more in uh, a game that challenges what a puzzle game can be in the board game space right I, i don't know i feel the dreamscape is really really special and it's and i'm actually really excited that we got an opportunity today to talk about it because i i haven't been able to really bring dreamscape onto the channel at all And I think it's one that definitely deserves a lot more eyes than it does. Oh, for sure. I agree. And just like you, I'm one of those people who did not back the Kickstarter. But as soon as I started seeing pictures of it, I was like, I have to have this game. And it did not disappoint me. It's also pretty like it's it's a beautiful looking game, too. Like, as as we said, there's custom artwork on every single one of the cards with the artwork being specifically to the puzzle that you're solving which again i i just i just want to bring notice to that because it is such a cool little detail that's a the artwork it. is yes it's stunning the artwork is really beautiful and about the modules i guess like the only thing i haven't given my impressions on is those two modules that we played with i'm not mm-hmm. sure yet if the modules really add too much into this game like when when i went to buy this for the first time i made sure i got everything for it because it, it's like one of these things where I'm not sure if I'm ever going to get the chance again to get all these pieces, but I I don't know. I tend so for now. I think the modules add a little bit to it, but it's like what you say. Um, just focusing on that main core concept is enough, kind of like brain gymnastics. Uh, mm-hmm. That maybe maybe those additional modules don't really influence that much. Like it feels that you have to go out of your way, or you have to not be as efficient as possible. Again, this could be again. We've only played two times. Uh, you kind of have to go out of your way to try and get to those particular to to use those things in an efficient manner. Um, but I don't know. I'm willing to keep trying them in future games. But either way, Sarah, we've made it to the most important question of today's show. Yes. Did you enjoy it? And would you play it again? Absolutely. Yes, to both of those. So I did enjoy it and I would absolutely play it again. Um, But just like you, I may not use the extra expansions. I may try a couple games without them and then maybe try to bring in one at a time rather than two. I think with two there, we didn't even use them. I don't even know if you used them. I know I didn't. So yeah, Yeah. 100%. it's 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 a great game, though. But yeah. For me, I think I think people have been able to already ascertain that we're both huge fans of this game. I want to play like right now is what I want to do. I think let's I'm, do it. I think I'm going to play it. Yo, we we can play it. And also, I think I'm going to play it with my mom because I think it's a game Aww, that I think it's yeah. a game that people that are new to the hobby might be able to pick up on. So that's I, I want to test that out. So Ooh. yes, I I thoroughly enjoy this game. 
I recommend everybody that's listening to this and has found any of the talking points or mechanics that we've described interesting in any capacity to definitely seek this out, open that BGG page, look at that beautiful artwork, and make a decision to see if you want to try and experiment this game before it completely disappears from the market because I believe that Silex does have, I think, I might be wrong, but I remember seeing somewhere that they're selling the game. Um, oh, my goodness, I, think, I did not know that. I think, I might be wrong, I might be wrong. All I know is it that is this- It is a very difficult game to get, though. It is really hard to get. Because it's French, right? It's from a French publisher? Yes. Yeah. So, so again, like, if if this sounds cool to you, please do yourself a favor and get it because you might not ha- ever have the chance to try this one out. I think it's a gem. Um, and it's, I don't know, should we come up with like, uh, played it once recommends or something? I don't know. I feel like we need to have mm. a, like a unanimous, like play this game more than once badge or something like that. Um, whenever we really like a title, because I feel that dreamscape would get that, like that approval from me, at least it would from me as well. Well, Sarah, that's that's been that's been a show. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. This was fun. I know we really. So what's the next game that we said that we were going to play digitally? Oh, gosh, I think it was either Architects of the West Kingdom or I'm trying to convince you to play Dungeon Pets with me. So, Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I'm I love Architects of the West Kingdom. I've never tried Dungeon Pets. It's sad. Like that's a euro, right? Yes. Wait, Dungeon Pets is on your shelf of shame. Yeah, 100 <gasps> percent. Well, then we should definitely play that one together. (laughs) Yes. Oh, and I have a question for the audience. If you made it this far, thank you so very much. I want to know what you thought of of the game. I want to know if I want to know if you want us to play this again. And I want you to go into the comments and let us know your thoughts. And above all, during like this time in the world that we've been going through, what games have you tried digitally that you've like found that they're perfect for the space and for that type of medium. I'd love to get some ideas because Sarah and I are looking for games that we can kind of bring to the table more often. Um, so maybe if we have that overlap in our libraries, we can we can try out your suggestion. But either way, thank you so very much, guys. And Sarah, again, thank you for taking the time today uh, to talk with me and, and go over Dreamscape, one of our favorite puzzle games, apparently. Yes, it was my pleasure. Thank you. This latest failed attempt at bringing you quality entertainment was brought to you by the Quackalope Podcast. We love to hear from you, so don't forget to leave a review and subscribe. If you'd like to connect with us, follow us on any of our social channels or visit our website. But regardless of what you do, remember to do the important thing. Get out and play some games. Until next time.